welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I am thrilled, grateful, and honored for my next guest. That is not an understatement, by the way. I am loving what Liz Hernandez is up to, and you guys are going to fall in love with her the same way that I did. I mean, at Ola. Liz Hernandez is a Mexican-American Emmy-nominated television personality and journalist currently residing in Los Angeles. Her passion for connecting people inspired her to create Wordiful, which is derived from the phrase, words are powerful. Currently featured on the own network and through weekly videos and live experiences, Liz showcases feelings of inspiration and motivation that have depth and meaning. Born and raised in Southern California, Hernandez, Liz, joined NBC's Access Hollywood as a co-host in 2014. There she was proud to be one of the entertainment news program's first Latina correspondents. And before that, she served as the longtime co-host of the number one rated and nationally syndicated morning radio show, Big Boy's Neighborhood on Los Angeles' influential Power 106 FM. It was there that she was called the Queen of Entertainment News. The National Hispanic Media Coalition recognized her for excellence in radio broadcasting, as well as the California Latino Legislative Caucus Foundation, when she received the Latino Spirit Award for Excellence in Media and Entertainment. It was Liz's quick-witted charm and genuine spirit that made her so appealing to listeners that soon had MTV taking notice. So in 2007, she also began working as a correspondent for MTV News. Then in 2011, television became her focus as she worked for E! News as a correspondent and host of E! News Now. And it was there that we bridged the gap from when she left Access Hollywood to becoming the creator of Wordiful and watching that just explode into such beauty and purpose and mission that's fueled by the love and the gratitude in her heart. You guys are going to love this conversation. I mean, I hadn't ever met Liz and it just, she went deep so fast. She was so real, so authentic, and she really gives you some incredible takeaways. She talks about the seven equities that she writes out every single morning as part of her affirmations. She definitely breaks down her morning routine. Guys, every single person on this show has a very powerful morning routine. She talks about self-love and how critical that is and gives examples of how we can really have more access to our positive self-talk than the negative. And overall, just gives such 
such a beautiful soul glow in terms of her overall mindset. And she shares some favorite books and what they've meant to her. And I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting like a whole event in this conversation. So I'm excited for you guys to listen in. And without further ado, please do enjoy the wonderful Liz Hernandez. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Mindset Mashup, Liz. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm so good. I can hear your smile and I love it. I have been looking <laughs> forward to this for months. Me and your amazing rock star assistant, Maria, have been working so hard to get this one on the books and I can't thank her enough and thank you enough for being just so flexible and so cool, right? To get this in. You're like, yes. And I, I'm just really, really grateful. And I know many of my listeners have been preparing for you. I'm just really honored that you're here. Well, thank you. I appreciate you welcoming me onto your show with open arms and for being so patient with scheduling conflict. But I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy to finally get a chance to speak with you. Oh, well, I, I'm just like so moved by your work. You know, I've been following you, it seems like forever, you know, from your beginning days on radio. And then as you moved into more full-time TV on E! News, which is where I first really fell in love with you because you're just so genuine. And, and then when you were over at Access. I mean, I just, I love everything about that show. And I have a segment on extra, so it could be competitor, but I don't look at life that way. And I just was so drawn to your spirit. And then hearing your story and how you moved full time into Wordiful is just so powerful. So I want to unpack that a little bit and kind of bridge the gap from being a full time TV host on Access Hollywood, now Access, to creating Wordiful. The story's out there a little bit, but I want to hear it from your own words. Well, first, thank you for your extremely kind words. As you know, I'm a big fan of uplifting compliments and talks and Mm. anything we can do to help each other touch the sky. I'm always a fan of. So thank you for that. Mm. Yeah. Where do I even start? What (laughs) what exactly do you want to know? (laughs) Well, so much to it. Well, I know that your mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at too young of an age, any age is too young. And that that was, it was a defining moment in your life. And from what I read, it just, and I get the chills when I say, and I want to paraphrase this just so we're clear, but it was something along the lines of it just doing full-time TV was in that way, was no longer in alignment with your soul, especially as you started to recognize that your mother lost her ability to speak by 90% at that point. And communication's always been your thing. I mean, that is who you are. You built your career on words. And so... Yeah, just understanding how it was like, well, where do you take your mission? Where do you drive that purpose forward so that the world can be healed, uplifted, empowered, that kind of that kind of nugget right in there? Yeah, well, I'm a huge believer in that you have to trust life's process. And I don't know if I believe in fate or destiny, but I do believe that certain things are aligned for us. And, you know, of course, we have the power of free will and we can choose, you know, left or right. But when we really listen to life, I I really feel that it's guiding us. And me getting into radio and understanding the power of that communication, what I love and what I fell in love with when it came to radio was the storytelling. You know, every morning we had the opportunity to share our lives and to share what was going on in the world and to see the phone lines light up and people say, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Or girl, you need to get out of that relationship. Mm. Or, you know, 
even, you know, I was there from when 9-11 happened to swearing in our first black president to, I mean, so many monumental things that happen in history. And just that connection you have with a major city like Los Angeles, you don't lose how special that is. You carry that with you forever. And so when I then, you know, moved over to television, it was a lot of fun. And you're very excited because you can feel the trajectory of your career moving on. And Mm -hmm. I went from MTV to E! News to Access Hollywood. And literally, I think it was the week I got hired at Access. No, no, no. Maybe it was a month after I was hired at Access. My mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And it was first dementia. And I told my boss at the time, I think I'm going to have to quit my job. And she said, don't quit. We will be here to support you. And so, of course, you know, I went about my job, but it was very difficult to, I was trying to balance both things. I was caring for my mother. I was, you know, really excited to be at a job that I felt was such a dream opportunity. But as I began to lose because you lose your voice a little bit in television in the sense that you have now producers writing your scripts and you have producers writing your questions and it's all celebrity news that you're doing at least that's what I was doing and that was where the communication was being held and you know there were times where I just felt is this what I want to be talking about for the rest of my life or the rest of my career and again, things started to align themselves as my mom was beginning to lose her vocabulary. And my mom, you know, she was extremely loving in the way she spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And she was always uplifting. And, you know, I walked through the door and it was always compliments of, you know, gosh, you look so nice. I love mm-hmm. you so much. Let me make you something to eat. You know, you're so talented. You know, all the ways a mother can just make you feel that you are you're just number, she's your bit. My mom was my biggest fan and she still is, you know? Mm-hmm. And the more I realized I didn't hear that when I walked through the front door, oh. I, I just, I realized I had an kind of an obligation to do something that used my communication to uplift, not only myself, but to uplift other people mm-hmm. and to really explain that there's, so much energy and power in our words. And we know we've been around people that are really critical and really hard on us. And we walk away feeling so bad. Mm -hmm. And then there's people when you run into them and they just make you feel like the sun is shining on you because they're so kind and so just, their words are wrapped in sugar, but authentically. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, it just, you know, all these things were aligning. It was me starting to feel out of alignment with the subject matter I was talking about at work. It was understanding the power of my mother's words and how much we take for granted being able to just to mm. tell someone we love them. And at the same time, Wordiful became a tool for me to actually just learn certain words. You know, I was constantly being sent into the booth at work and you're reading all kinds of scripts. And I used to say certain words wrong. You know, one of my favorites was resonate. Like when something resonate, mm. resonate and resonate. And I used to flip those two words. I would say that resonated with me. Well, that's not the proper way to say it. That resonated with me. That's the proper way. And I hear people say that till this day. And it just kind of made me giggle because it's like, <laughs> wow, sometimes we just flip-flop words and you know we talk just to talk but do we even know what we're saying and the power behind them and so you put all these factors into the pot and wordiful was born 
And it's a powerful, you know, online video and live event platform. I mean, that's the way that I would characterize it. I don't know how you're describing it because, okay. And then you've got all these really cool, what about one minute videos of you breaking down a word and what that can mean. And what I love about what you do, Liz, is you give actionable items for people to instantly apply to their lives. Like you give examples and that people really could be like, okay, I can take that now and try that, right? Like, how do I interact with others? What is my self-talk saying? Is it positive? Is it negative? So it's real teachable. And each one of these videos are like gold, each one of them. And by the way, they're just getting better and better and better. You already started like at the gold standard. But the last couple, like you just, we're November 28th today for all of you listening in real time. This will come out in 2019. But there was one that you just posted, I think yesterday on self-love. And then then the one two days before that on choice, they made me cry. I was just so moved. No, really. And I don't say that to suck up. And I think you, you can probably feel my authenticity. Like, Gosh, you know, the way in which you deliver this is so needed from your platform. You're really a force for good. And I just want to applaud you because I know that you talked about so many people striving for perfection, which is just insane because there's no such thing. And you're like, you know, what if we just all decided to be brave? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I was like, oh, I love that because I wondered for you, and this was a question that I was, I wanted to just chat with you about is, Did this require some bravery for you to step out of the world that you had known, which is basically entertainment, pop culture, right? And into, for lack of a better term, personal development, which is what this podcast is all about. It's a top 10 in self-help. Is that something that you champion like proudly or do you even characterize it or care to characterize it that way? It's really interesting. It's like, you know, Waterfall was born out of kind of a necessity for me to have a place to communicate because I am so grateful for the people that supported my career on radio for 10 years. I always compare our morning show to the cast of Friends. For 10 years, people grew up with us, lived our lives with us, saw who we dated, saw when our parents got sick, saw when we fought with each other. They saw everything for 10 years. And they still support me. And and it was, it really was, it was a dream come true. And, (laughs) and I'm so grateful because those people not only did they grow an attachment to me, I grew an attachment to them. I missed talking to those, you know, you have the same mm-hmm. listeners sometimes calling in or, or when you see them out at events. And I missed that. I missed having that connection with people. You realize at the end of the day, that's the most important thing we have. And so when Wordiful was created, it was a way for me to tell my stories and communicate and pay it forward, whatever advice my parents had given me, whatever life has taught me. But I realized it also became a form of therapy for me. So yes, it's definitely a way to check in with yourself. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm writing these and I'm crying and Mm -hmm. I'm, I've, like I said, it's become very therapeutic because every time I've done a batch of them, I've been in a different season of my life. Some has been really hard times. Some have been really happy times. Some have been a time of reflection and some have been a time of stress. And that's why I'm so proud of this project. It's, it makes me feel if someone can relate to what I'm going through, I feel grateful that they feel like they're not alone because it also makes me feel like I'm not alone. 
And that's what's so beautiful about what you created and being brave about creating is you created more connection. And at the end of the day, I mean, we are starving as humanity for a connection, not only to one another, but also to ourselves. And that's what I love what your mission is. It's not just to connect with others, but it's like first and foremost to ourselves. It's kind of like, you know, you're on a flight and the flight attendant says, put your, you know, in case of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on yourself first above anyone else even small children. And I really feel like you are oxygen for the soul. And it's like soul food. It really is. And and there are, you know, so many other people, you know, out there doing stuff, not similar, but there's, yeah, there is an authenticity behind this. Plus out of your story with your mom. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful tribute and it's a beautiful mission and it's very real. And the other thing that I was so moved by when I was reading up on you is when you talked about your mom holding on, you know, after she lost so much of her ability to speak, which must have been so devastating, but you know, that she held on to these two key phrases. Thank you. And I love, I love you. Ah. Yes. And that's, she still says those two phrases clear as day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that net that has not left her, the, just her kindness and her manners and her, her gratitude. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is, my mom has always been a person of gratitude and it shows, it shows that that's what her brain wants to hold on to. That's what means the most to her. I mean, it's precious. Thank you. And I love you. And, you know, I think I, I even saw somewhere where you read, like, what's more powerful than that, you know, and as a communicator, you realize that language really brings personal meaning to our lives and the words carry energy that shape us daily. And it really is in our daily lives that becomes the whole life that we can look back on and say, that's our legacy. And so what's next with it? Like, Let's talk about what's happening on the Oprah Winfrey Network because that was a massive dream come true <laughs> that you spoke into reality. Can you share that story? Well, you know, the, I, that's the thing. When I say that there's energy behind our words, that is, I guess, my biggest testament is mm. you speak things into fruition. You can manifest with the words. You know, people think that, I, I don't know for everybody, but I know a lot of people don't really necessarily believe in that, but there's so much behind the mechanics. You know, we're all energy and this is, not something spiritual. It's, it's science. And you know, whatever you believe and and our, we're made of 65% water. And when things are said to us and energy comes to us, there's a vibration in our body and that vibration is sent out into the world. Mm. So not to get too hippity dippity, but that's okay. We're all about it here. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in, I believe in all of that. Yeah. So, you know, when I left television and went full force into my own company, my one wish was, gosh, if I could just work with Oprah and work with the own network, because that's where I feel like my company aligns like Mm -hmm. that. It would make the most sense. If if any network in the world, it makes the most sense there. Of course. And and it was so interesting. (laughs) And it's Oprah. I mean, yeah, I I get that. I get everybody in the world wants to work with Oprah. Like, I, I completely get that, you know, but I don't know. I just felt it. I just felt, you know, if if I can just show her one episode, Mm. I know she would get it and I know it would click. And luckily I had the opportunity to sit in front of her and I showed her the word thankful. And we had this beautiful conversation. And she says, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle says, if you could only say one thing, let it be thank you. And that is enough or one prayer and Mm. let it be thank you. And that will be enough. 
And we, anyway, we had this great conversation and next thing I know it turned into a meeting and a meeting turned into having an opportunity to showcase Wordful on the own network. And <laughs> it has been a, a dream come true. And I still, even as I say it out loud to you, it, I get chills because I could cry thinking about how grateful I am that mm. that was turned into a reality for me. Mm. And you spoke it into reality. Again, going back to the the power of words. And so is, that's what Wordiful is, right? Like powerful words, you just splice them together? Yeah. So I just squished those three words. Words are powerful. And if you ah, take all of those, it's Wordiful. Beautiful. But that is the epitome of Wordiful. And, and it's what Oprah Correct. teaches, right? It's what she's always talking about in every guest that she was on Super Soul Sessions. And by the way, she is my idol. And you watch, I will connect with her in one way or another too. But I believe in that. The same thing happened for me. I well, really, I love Tony Robbins. And I was like, I'm going to get him on this podcast. He does like three a year, you know, and they're all for billionaires. And I was like, I'm going to get him on. And I asked and he said, yes, but I spoke it into existence. I already knew it was happening. I was so deeply grateful in advance. And then I didn't play a trick on my mind and, and cannibalize it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When he did say yes, I didn't say, I can't believe it. I can't believe it because that's blocking the abundance, right? It was just like, Correct. I, I actually did exactly what you just did. It was like, I am so grateful, like bow down to my knees, grateful, not just because he said yes, but because there was an alignment of what was right for the next step for everybody, right? Like it's for everyone's highest and best good. It's all for how to be of service. But I totally get that because people are like, how did you do that? And many people, by the way, feel the same way about how you're on right now. They're like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I think there's a vibrational harmony. Like when it's really right, you speak it, you claim it, you give thanks for it, and then you let it go to some degree, which is what you did, right? You didn't know how it was going to show yeah. up, but it showed up in a way that was powerful. Yeah, and again... You know, not to keep going back to it, but it, it, that's why I do try to constantly tell people words are powerful, not just the words we speak out loud, but the internal dialogue we have with ourselves. Because mm -hmm. when I took that first meeting with OWN, it was a belief that I had in myself. Mm -hmm. It was that true, authentic, I know what I'm doing isn't something for show. It isn't something, this is something that means something to me. This is, I wouldn't be in this position without my mother and it's bittersweet. Yes. But I know that this purpose is bigger than myself mm. and yes. And then you let it go. Cause yeah. again, if, if you're just speaking things to just be greedy or right. to kind of get your way, there's always intention behind everything we do. And I feel when you have the right intentions, life will always show up for you. Yes. You said that in one of your recent videos and I was like, oh, she's going deep and narrow. Oh, this is so good. Cause you talked about that. It was something to the effect of, you know, life will always show you what's next because, oh, it was, I think it was something that you did with the Oprah Winfrey network, the own network. <laughs> it's like my mom, the Facebook. I love my mom. <laughs> it was a clip on Instagram of yours and it was from the know, the show that you're working on with Oprah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm saying that for you. And, uh, but you talked about <laughs> so many people come to you, so many women, people, and they always want to, to talk about how do we find our purpose? And Liz, when I heard that, I got the chills. Cause I was like, I ask almost all my guests, like, do you believe that we all have a purpose? Like, what do you say to the ones who are always looking for their purpose? And I feel like the one thing that's can be harmful about 
personal development is that it seems like we're always going to be on a quest instead of really just being grateful for what is. And you spoke about that to some degree. And I'd love for us to unpack that a little bit here because you're like, how about instead of striving to find our purpose, we just get present to this moment, how we're treating others, how we're interacting with others, how we're treating ourselves with the words that we say to ourselves, And then life will begin to re I'm just basically parroting you right now. Well, how does it sound? <laughs> You're doing a great job. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds great. Well, this is <laughs> no, you. It's, it's true. Purpose starts with self-care. You know, that's a word that we throw around a lot. And a lot of us don't even know what that looks like for us in our own lives. It's really just showing up every day for yourself because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You've got to nurture yourself. You've got to get quiet. You know, I'm a big believer in meditation. I'm a big believer in prayer. And once you can show up for yourself, when you do all the things that you need, the positive internal dialogue, the drinking eight glasses of water a day, the eating right, because all of that is self-love. That's saying no to people that ask too much of you. That is self-love, mm. not arguing with somebody that pushes your buttons. That is self-love. And you have to get to a place where, and I get it, life is hectic and we get thrown a lot of things at us. But once we can really pay attention to ourselves, life pays attention to us and it'll start showing us who we are and where we're supposed to go. You know, sometimes we get so busy on this search that we're pushing everything aside and I really believe if you just show up and you're loving and you take care of the people around you in a way that also helps benefit you, and I don't mean that selfishly, I mean surround yourself with good people who support you, Yes, who are going to be there for you, because that is the fundamentals of life. If you have people around you that are constantly draining you, constantly taking your energy, it's really hard to catch up. And I always say, you know, the beauty of having friends is that we get to choose them. Right. And you know, your, your friends can be, your friends can be your dream makers or your dream breakers. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when you, when you are expressing yourself to your friend and, and they're there to support you, or if they're there telling you like, I don't know, I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that. Are you sure? That's if I would have told one of my girlfriends, I'm going to work with Oprah and I'm, I really want to make this happen. And she's like, yeah, right. Everybody wants to do that. Mm -hmm. What do you think that does to my internal dialogue if I'm not a strong person? That's not going to help me anyway, in any way. And so, again, that's that's why I I can't say enough. And I know some people are in our lives like family and it's a little hard, <laughs> a little bit harder to escape them. But again, that's why it's so important to get quiet, to be good to yourself, because it's a lot easier to brush that stuff off. Totally. Well, that that's part of the rituals and routines that we talk a lot about on this show with many of my guests, because it's like, you know, if you reverse engineer the one year, five year, 10 year goals, it's like, it all comes down to what are you doing today? And you just rattled off so many cool things that sets you up for optimization, right? Of your soul and of your heart so that you can be present and you can love more generously, like the meditative prayer, the eating healthy, the drinking the water, the surrounding yourselves by a really powerful, healthy tribe of friends. Has that shifted in terms of like your inner circle since you launched Wordiful? Are there people that fell away because they were a little bit cynical or negative about it that you wouldn't have expected? No, you know, I've been very fortunate in that I grew up with in a household full of, there was five women. <laughs> and 
they were such an amazing tribe of women that I knew what to look for in my friendships. And anything I've ever tackled as far as even career or personal, my girlfriends are my biggest cheerleaders and they support me and make me feel like I can anything. I could win a Nobel Prize tomorrow and they would be like, we knew you would. <laughs> like, that's the type of friends. No, but really, those are the types of, types of friends that I have. And that's why I say it's so important to have those types of people around you because we doubt ourselves enough as it is. We don't need other people in our lives who are going to doubt us too. So true. So for people out there listening who aren't quite there, right? They weren't blessed with a mother who was the champion for that end of gratitude. And then your sisters and then your your culture, right? The Latina culture. I mean, it's for me, like, I wish I was. I always said, how come I wasn't? I feel like they're my people. Uh, <laughs> and I draw them to me, I swear. But it's, you know, for those not so fortunate, and this show being all about mindset, what could they do today to help them begin to identify qualities that they might want to like look at like, hmm, this is an example of what wouldn't serve you. And here's an example of what totally could serve you. You have to start by being your own best friend. You have to start by treating yourself the way you would want someone else to treat you or treating yourself like the person you're in love with. Mm. Because when you do that, you're going to want to attract the right people into your life. And when the wrong people come into your life, you're not going to stand for it. Your boundaries, your standards, right? Yeah. You're like, I don't treat myself that way. So why am I going to let you treat me that way? So true. It starts with us because essentially when we have negative people in our life, you know, everyone's a mirror. Every and, and don't get me wrong. I definitely have some of those people that are a lot more difficult to deal with. And I try to use it as a lesson. Like, okay, what is this here to teach me? Because there's a reason why I constantly bump heads with this person. And that person actually stretches me the most. They help me grow the most. It's not the easiest growing, but again, it it always reminds me, this is why I have to do the self-love and the self-care. Because if I start ingesting what this person says to me, or sometimes how difficult they can be, I may make that part of my belief system. And that's damaging to me Mm. when it's really not about me. It's about them. Exactly. It's always about us. It always comes back to us, you know? Right. Being 100% responsible for our own life so that we can enjoy that 100% power or empowerment. Now, did your mother teach you this? Where did you lean into this? And you're like, this is my jam. Like, this is what I believe. This is what I want to share. And I know it to be true. I believe my parents, they were obviously a big influence. They used their words to really empower us growing up. My dad always made us feel that we could do anything and be anything we wanted to be. Mm. And my mother, like I said, was very, we call in Spanish, we say cariñosa. She was very loving, very kind with her words. Mm. But I think there's a part of myself too. I think, you know, I, I call being on earth life school. I think there's certain things that we've come here to do in this lifetime. And I've always gravitated towards psychology. That was my major in college. Mm. I've, always been a huge, huge fan of self-help books. And, you know, I I always encourage the people around me to just read, read all the time, because for 1999, someone has lived a (laughs) life and all their experiences and they're handing it to you in a book. I know it's all there for you. It's all there. It's amazing, right? Do you have a book that you've recommended the most? Uh, I have, I've, I've recommended a return to love by Marianne Williamson. Uh, I've got it. 
I literally have it sitting right next to me. I opened you have you read it, Michelle? Oh girl, I've read it like 17 times. I Okay. (laughs) She wrote it when she was 35 years old. I'm a massive fan of Marianne Williamson and A Course in Miracles. But that is I because I I lead several masterminds and I read Our Deepest Fear last night from that book, which many people attribute to Nelson Mandela because he read it once from a podium. But it was her. And no, I mean, that is still my very favorite. I would call it a poem. I don't know what she calls it. But yes, a return to love. Oh, (laughs) I love you even more right now. (laughs) That book was really life-changing for me. That Mm. book, I would say, really woke me up in a way that not a lot of books have done. And it started a domino effect where after I drank from her book, I just started drinking from all these Mm -hmm. other books, Dr. Wayne Dyer's Power of Intention, Life Lessons by David Kessler and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. You know, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. I mean, there was just so many books that I was just drinking in because I wanted to better myself. Mm, yeah, me too. Speaking of you can heal your life, every time I've ever given you can heal your life to anyone or I read what is ailing them, right? A physical issue and there is a mental or spiritual or emotional component attached to it. I have never seen it be off. Have you? No, no. It you is know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's one day, Michelle, when you and I really get a chance to sit down and have a longer conversation there have been so many synchronicities that have actually led me back to her book. Mm. Just people I, I've met and make a long story short. When I read A Return to Love, mm. it, I had just moved into a new home and it was one of the first books that I had read in this new home. And I read that book and then that book led me to David Kessler's book. I ended up meeting David Kessler and oh, cool. he introduced me to Andrea, who actually is the book editor for A Return to Love. And long story short, we ended up being neighbors and just so many other things that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's pretty wild. It's a synchro destiny like life. <laughs> I always, I love yeah. that. It's like, you know, when you, you can look back and connect the dots or you can just know in the moment, like, wow, grace is always guiding me, right? Like Tony Robbins always says, is that coincidence or is that grace? And it's like, it's mm-hmm. always grace. You know, that is my favorite word. Well, I love the word yes. And I do love the word thank you words, but um, it's hard for me to choose. Do you have a favorite? Love. Love is why I believe we were created. I believe why we're here. And it's with the cure-all. It's the answer to everything. I love that answer. I love, 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 love that answer. Now, are you, I don't know, you said I could ask you anything. Are you single or dating or? I'm single right now. (laughs) And so this deep, this deep dope woman on the line right now, guys, she's single, but so I'm single right now. And people always ask me, like, first of all, how are you single? Which I'm not into that question or the answer. But when you meet people, I mean, what are your, what are your, what's your criteria these days? Because now that you're diving so deep into this world, it's, it's a different landscape. You agree? I mean, you need a conscious, present man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I've learned is that you have to be happy individually mm. before you can be happy collectively. Yep. I can't make you happy. You cannot make me happy. I've got to be in a good, solid place. You know, a lot of people sometimes look for relationships to heal us or to solve our problems. And 
problems are going to show up. Even if you come into a relationship and you're both happy and both solid ground, you're dealing with two different individual personalities. So there's going to be turbulence and bumps along the way. And you've just got to be able to meet each other in a place where, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I need someone who knows who they are. I need someone to to really be strong mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and really be in touch with with who they are. That's a huge criteria for me. And do you care about physical? I'm going to play your matchmaker right now. I've done this for three people. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, here's my thing with, here's my thing with this is, is I don't know if I have a type, but I just believe that I'm still very old school. Like I haven't gone on any dating apps or anything like that. Like I just, I'm just barely getting back into dating now. We're a point where I feel comfortable with it again because I got out of a long-term relationship. But I truly believe that the same way we do with friends or anything else in life, I will attract the right person into my life at the right time. Yes. Done. Girl, you attracted Oprah into your life and a contract. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can attract Oprah, the one out of 8 billion that every other person on the planet wants to attract into their life, you can do anything. It's really cool. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yes. So the mindset mashup, I mean, this is such an opportunity to bring you on because of what you do in the world. And I just love everything that you're all about. But mindset for me, it's all about growth mindset and it's about being open and being present and giving ourselves the gateway and access. So we talked about your rituals and routines, but what have you found to be like a true defining mindset hack? And perhaps you've already said it, but I just want to make sure that we really crystallize it. One of the things that I think I feel is the most helpful for me is every morning I have a ritual of waking up and writing three things that I'm grateful for. And then I write seven affirmations that I was actually taught. One of my friends, his name's Kevion, he taught me this. It's the seven equities. So I write an affirmation for my mind, my body, my soul, my social, my family, my work, and my money. Because again, I think it's, if we don't know what we want, how can the universe respond? Yes. Okay, wait. I was writing that down so fast. Mind, body. Um, it's your mind, body, soul. Social. Family. Ah. Social. And social and social can be slash relationship. Mm-hmm. And your then. Your work. And then your work and money. Got it. And making clear that work and money are separate. They are separate because it's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's like me saying, what do I want Waterfall to manifest into? What, what do I want my company to become? What are, who are the people I want to work with? Who are the brands I want to work with? That's a separate thing. And a lot of times, you know, especially women, we have such a hard time asking for what we want monetarily and what we believe are, you know, we have to be fair to ourselves and asking for what we are worth and for yes. the service. We need to be paid for the services rendered. That's right. And Sometimes you, you feel ashamed or embarrassed, or I don't, I don't know really what it, I know it's a big cultural difference when you go across different cultures too. I know, especially in the Latin community, we weren't taught to negotiate in a way that maybe other cultures were. And, you know, then you add being a woman on top of that, it makes it very difficult. So for me, that affirmation is very powerful because Mm -hmm. I write out what I want when it comes to money, even though some people say, oh, that may be greedy or that may be this. We've got to get over that. Well, you got to name it to claim it. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you're talking about, you know, speaking words into reality, I mean, and again, it's not from a greedy point of view. It's all from how is this serving humanity? What is the greater good in all of this? And at the end of the day, there's always a contribution out of the work that you're doing from what I can see. And it's a beautiful thing. And money is abundance. And an abundance mindset is deeply spiritual, right? And people get those confused, but that's okay. So what's an example of one of, of one of your affirmations? So I'll start with mind. To me, that one is the most important because, well, I don't know if it's the most important because soul is really huge, but <laughs> I, I write, my, my mind is healthy. My mind is at ease. My mind is productive. My mind is creative. My mind is positive. It's joyful. It's whatever I want to feel. Mm. That's, and that's the other thing is when I write these, I go for a feeling. What do mm. I want to feel today? Yes. What's important for me? And of course, we have a lot of body image issues. So again, it's my body is strong. My body is in its best shape. My body is healthy. My body is active. My body is productive. It's all those things that we want to feel. Yeah. Oh my God. And the body thing is so big. You post a lot of beautiful photos and also just photos of you wearing like chucks and jeans and t-shirts and then very sexy, very glamorous outfits. Do you battle with body image? It doesn't seem like you do, but everyone does, I guess, to some degree, I guess. Of course. I think we all do, you know, especially when we have so much imagery coming at us, you know, different companies telling us what we need in order to be accepted. Mm. And that's one thing I try to really pay attention to because they are also being very powerful with their words. And we can sometimes fall into a trance of, thinking, you know, and even with social media, social media is so powerful. We go on all these different pages and see all these other women and we start to compare ourselves and do I not this and do I not that? And I think what has helped me so much is just simply being aware. And again, it goes goes back to that self-love and self-acceptance. This is the body I was given. I call it an outfit. This is the outfit I was given to walk this earth in (laughs) and to love in. And there was a reason I was given this outfit and I need to love it and appreciate it because it's getting me around in my journey. Mm, I love that. I had such extreme body dysmorphia and I haven't shared this on the podcast that I, I wouldn't go out. It would debilitate me completely. And I was like a size two and I wasn't bulimic and I wasn't anorexic, but you would have thought I was. It just I just thought my legs could never be seen in public because when I was 13, a girl that I knew told me that. She said I should cover them up and never show them again. And again, going back to that being 100% responsible for our own lives, I allowed that comment to be my story. And in the last few years, I've liberated myself from that bullshit. And and now it's like, oh, and I just look at my legs and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you, you know, and I'm just Mm -hmm. so grateful for you. And you've carried me all this way. And, you know, because I think that our bodies know we're just, it's all energy, like you said, and I totally subscribe. I believe it to be true. Yeah. Well, you have to remember too, is whatever, whatever dialogue is going on inside of you, your body is eavesdropping on you all the time. It's listening. And if you're, if you're constantly being mean, it's like, imagine being mean to a child, you know, because we're all inner children, you know, we never lose that inner child. And you're just sitting there telling that child, you're not good enough. Your body's this way. You look this way. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do, can you imagine what that child is going to do? They're going to, it's like, I always try to view myself as that little child. And I, and it's, it's a way of, to be kinder to myself is, is, is to say, you know, I think we have to let go of of how our bodies look and focus more on how our bodies feel. 
Yes. And I think for me, you know, that's why I try to replenish it with as much good food, as much water. And of course, I have my days where I go out and I have fun and I, you know, maybe have one too many martinis, but that's <laughs> not all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, I still enjoy myself, but I also, I'm learning more self-love to where I want to take care of myself. I want my body to last me a really long time. And for me, it's, it's more about that than it is about the actual image. Mm, totally. And these days with, you know, modern medicine and technology, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but like with biohacking, Dave Asprey was on my podcast two days ago. It was the interview. So it'll come out in like two weeks, but I don't know if you know this, but he's the father of biohacking. He's going to live to 150. And I'm like, is that going to be a quality life? He's like, Michelle, it's going to be quality. I mean, it's so amazing. So when you say like, listen, I want to live a really long life. It's like, Yes, be really grateful for all that we have and really treat ourselves kindly from the inside out. Because if there's, you know, ways to keep us alive and healthy and and radiant and vital, then we need to be healthy and taken care of along the way. It's crazy because we're actually the ones in control of our cell turnover, not just physically, but mentally. You can either starve or you can replenish your cells simply by how you think. Yes. And I love that you talk about how, I mean, you talk about it a lot all over your Insta feed and all over Wordiful's platform about gratitude and self-love. I mean, those are like, I don't know if you would call them the pillars, but it seems to be the theme. And I don't know what's more important, right? Like that is the self-love and it's just, yeah, it's ultimately everything. Now there's a really great quote out there and it's success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And I say that because I've had, just like you, a lot of you know career success, financial success, relationship success, health success. But there were certainly times when I was just so unfulfilled and asking myself a constant question of, is this it? I mean, is this really it? And it's because I wasn't deeply fulfilled from my soul. I wasn't doing my life's work, which now I believe I'm doing and I am super fulfilled. But I just thought, gosh, If I could just share a snapshot of this, because it looks like magic, but it's mindset. And I surround myself with people who speak this or who do believe this in me, in each other. And I bring them on the show. We talk about this stuff, but it's all for one reason. And it's to help them level up their fulfillment in one little tangible takeaway, one little aha, one little nugget. And you've shared so much here. But at the end of the day, People define fulfillment differently. And so since you're a word girl, I'd love to know how you define fulfillment. One of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou is, don't get so busy building a career that you forget to build a life. Sometimes we want these certain accolades. And you know that's why I say we're so concerned about what our legacy is going to be and, and how who will we become in this lifetime and how we view success. But I think if you, if all the people around you view you as an amazing, loving person that they want to spend time with, mm. that's your life success. You just made you me came, tear You've up. come to this earth and, and been in a successful human being. Mm. You just, you just literally echoed. I, I had this thought the other day in the shower. You know how we always get like our downloads in the shower. And by the way, I have one of those little stickies in my shower that says gratitude. But I was like, what is fulfillment for me? I've heard like 35 answers now. And what is it for me? And I thought it's to love others, but I'm always looking for the measured results. And the way that you just said that was like exactly what I was thinking. It's like where they know that they were loved by me, 
then I lived a mm-hmm. life that was fulfilling. And then I was like, okay, well then, cause I'm always looking for the proof. Then how do I know? And it's like, you just know you have a connection that's, that's flowing and that doesn't feel stuck and you feel free and it's honest and it's real and it's alive and you're safe. You know, all those things that we've been talking about this whole conversation. And that's exactly it. So thank you for helping me to crystallize it even more because I don't know how else it could be more true for me as well. Well, it's so interesting. You know, they say, and thank you for that. You know, they say when a person becomes a parent, they say, oh, there's no love like a love for a child. Mm. And imagine loving everyone the way, you know, that that to me, I wish I, I want to know that feeling. I want to know what it's like to really serve that purpose of, because I really believe that's why we were put here is just to be loving and to be forgiving. Mm. And can you imagine loving every person like your child? Like, you know, the way, because I think about the way my mother has loved me and she knows she's loved me. I know she's like, you ask any parent, they know they've loved their child. They know that, you know, it's like, it's like, we're any good parent They're They're going to tell you, I know I've loved that child unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can say that about everybody in our lives. No, like, I don't know if I can look at every single person on my roster and be like, I've loved them unconditionally. And I think that's where it starts. It's what are those block? What are those roadblocks for me that keeps me from loving them unconditionally? Well, and that's just, you know, being self-aware. I mean, that's like your number one quality you're looking for in a man. But when you live that too, then we just, we begin to liberate that in others, going back to that Marianne Williamson quote. But I was thinking about, I don't have any kids. I couldn't have kids. I had health issues and everything happens for us, not to us. I get that. And believe me, Louise Hay's book was my Bible during that time. But um, I think about how I love my dog all the time. And I know you love your meatball, (laughs) your little French bulldog. It's all over your Insta stories and I don't know what I would do without them. But um, I mean, you guys have like soulful moments and it's how I live with my dog. I love that you capture it though. I'm, I always think people are going to think I'm like having a relationship with my dog, but we are. Oh, I have, no, I have oh. a full on relationship with my <laughs> dog. Here's my, here's my thing. I always say, you know, if we're lucky, these, these amazing animals, if we're lucky, get 20 years here. And that's if you have a very healthy pet. That isn't very long. And they come here and they show us unconditional love, mm. going back to what we were getting at, you know, of knowing that, of feeling that. Like when my dog's no longer here, he's going to, I'll know I loved him and he'll know he was loved. Yes. And that's because, that's because he shows me unconditional love. There is no human being that I could leave at home for five hours. You know, you, you put, put an animal in the bathroom for five hours, you open the bathroom door, they're going to jump and lick you and love you and I don't know if you can do that to an adult human. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Certainly not a small child. And I'm looking at my little right right now and he's like passed out because he had a wonderful play date because I make sure he lives the best life every day. And I'm just like, God, if, you know, when one day there will be a man in my life where I love this much. <laughs> but we decide to love them that way, right? Like not everybody's loving their pets this way or their or their family members. We decide. So that's on you. It goes back to you. You you're you're so responsible for what you are exuding, how you are experiencing life. And this is what just makes you I just, you know, again, such a force for good on the planet because you're making those decisions. You're making those choices. You know, not everyone is. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you pay attention to those cues, that's what's so great. You know, it's like when you can, when you stop and pay attention to an animal and you really get to see how loving they are and how rewarding they are to your life. It's like, that's, 
I believe they were put on this planet to be those reminders. Like you can do this with other human beings as well. It does exist. Right. Because going back to the Wayne Dyer thing, because when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. In other words, when you love that well, you can love anyone, anything that well. There's a great book out there. How you do anything is how you do everything. Back to the same principle, right? Love your dogs well, guys. For all of you listening, go love your animals. Love them up tonight because that's all that matters. Final thing, I am very excited that I have partnered with My Intent. It's a nonprofit organization helping people find their word to cultivate that meaning and deeper conversation with themselves and others. It's not unlike what you're up to, but I am going to gift you your bracelet with a hand-stamped word on it. I have a feeling I know what you're going to tell me, but choose your word and we'll send it to you. Oh, you're amazing. Do I choose it right now? Yes gratitude. Oh, you got it. I thought you were going to say love. And well, I love- I, well, you know what? I, then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, love was the first thing that came up for me, but I'm just so grateful. But at the same time, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to do love. Do you want to? It was, it was what I have to, no, no, no. It was <laughs> what came up for me first. And I should always listen to that because that is my favorite word. Well, it's just, Yeah. I mean, whatever word you choose is the perfect word for you. But if love was first and you're like, oh, but I already said it. Yes. Then go with that one. I'm going to go with love. You know, it's it's like they, they, they both bubbled up inside of me. I was like, love. But you know, sometimes it's like love seems so the obvious choice, but that's just it because it is the obvious choice. But do you know that like for not everyone experiences love? In fact, most don't. They don't know how to get it. They don't know how to give it. They don't realize that if they would just give it, they would get more of it by 10x, you know, back to this whole basically philosophical foundation that we're talking about here. So I love that because what's going to happen is people all over the world will recognize your bracelet because every A-lister, every you know top entrepreneur, or whatever has one pretty much. And they will ask you, oh, tell me about your word. And so you get to share it with mm-hmm. whoever you come across, which is so what you do, which is, it's like a perfect collaboration, even though it was clearly not planned because they're sponsoring us all of next year, which I'm really grateful for. The founder is a dear friend of mine. And so it's a beautiful win-win. Liz, thank you I love so it. much for coming on and for sharing Thank your you, Michelle. Heart. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, well, I'd love to circle back once, you know, the next phase of Wordiful has rolled out and just hear what you're up to and make that happen sometime in 2019, if you would allow. Absolutely. Michelle, thank you. You are, you're truly a light and I really appreciate your time and all your good energy. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm learning it from you and I can't thank you enough. So with all the love and gratitude in my heart, I just want to thank you for coming on and the listeners love you. And we'll go check you out on Insta, Wordiful on YouTube and on Insta and everyone can follow you there and be a part of your live events. Maybe meet you in person with Maria Schreiber and all kinds of cool people that you're, you're collaborating with. Thank you for everything that you're up to and, and happy holidays, my friend. Thank you, Michelle. Same to you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.